Welcome to the IAOMS podcast series, where we gather for unique conversations about advancing the specialty. In this special series, we explore the history of the IOMS through the stories of our past presidents. In this episode, Dr. G.E. Gali interviews Dr. Alexis Olson and Dr. Larry Neeson. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoy the session. I'm uh, Dr. G.E. Gali, and I'm honored to be the chair of the Education Committee for the International Association of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgeons. I would like to welcome everyone to this IAOMS 60th Anniversary Past Presidents podcast series. We're excited to feature your stories as past presidents, and we're eager to share them with our e-learning community. And for me, on a personal note, I'm very, very excited uh, to uh, to be to have the ability to moderate this wonderful session uh, with uh, these past uh, presidents. Today we are honored to have uh, both past presidents Larry Nissen and Alexis Olson. Dr. Nissen served as president of the IAOMS from 2009 to 2011 and currently still serves as the IAOMS Foundation Chair. Dr. Alexis Olson served as president of this organization from 2017 to 2019. I'd like to first start with Dr. Nissen, and uh, if you could just briefly uh, introduce yourself, uh, uh, Dr. Nissen, and, and talk a little bit about how you became interested in this wonderful specialty, and in particular, how you became interested in um, the IAOMS. Thank you, Golly, and thank you for the opportunity to participate in this podcast series. Um, got interested in oral and maxillofacial surgery early in life, um, met an oral surgeon in my hometown when I was a scrub tech in a hospital, and decided he, what he did was something that I wanted to do. I proceeded and went through training, and I was fortunate in my residency program, the final three months, was able to have an exchange program in North Wales with uh, Mr. Gordon Hardman and Mr. Paul Bradley. So I spent the three months there in the hospital situation there learning um, techniques that I had not gained at the University of Miami when I was there at Jackson Hospital. And certainly gave me a, a window into the world of oral maxillofacial surgery different than what we have in the United States. I met some individuals there that along the way have come back into my life. We've worked together on projects, and it's been a very interesting thing. It was interesting to reconnect with these people some 20 years later as I was going through the chairs of the IOMS and previously through the chairs of the AAOMS. So, you know, those things led me to want to become involved, become involved, was fortunate to become a president of the IOMS organization. It was a wonderful experience, um, something that I've continued to enjoy. I've been um, reappointed as chairman of the IOMS Foundation since I was past president. And I will be ending my chairmanship there in 2023. Um, we'll talk more about that later in how things have evolved for the association. Thank you. 
Thank you, Dr. Nissen. Uh, Dr. Olson, uh, you as well have served admirably, not, not only as, as a president of this organization, but uh, also in other roles uh, uh, within the organization itself. Tell us a little bit about how you became interested in this specialty and in the IOMS as well. Um, thank you, Dr. Ghali. Uh, it's a great privilege to be here today. Um, I'd start out with saying my, my first exposure to OMFS was really uh, my senior year in dental school, uh, where I had the ability or they gave us the ability to spend two weeks on rotation with OMFS. And in those days, my chairman was a very dynamic gentleman and uh, exposed me right away into the operating room and the procedures we were, that they were doing from tracheostomies to major trauma and reconstruction. And I was hooked. That's basically all it took for me. And it gave me sort of the guidance and the pathway that I wanted to, to continue beyond that. My background has been multinational through my life, um, living in multiple countries around the world as I grew up. And as a result, I was exposed to many cultures. And when I finished residency, uh, the natural uh, you know, continuation of that was as a, an association was to join the IOMS in those days. Um, and that flourished because I was involved with the program, residency program here at Northwestern, and we would spend time in Mexi Mexico doing cleft lip and palate surgeries uh, through Dr. Alberto Campos Molina uh, for many years. I had that exposure, and during my residency, I was exposed to surgery in, in Europe on several venues. So that bug bit me very early on, and wanting to continue with that, that's how I, I involved myself with the IOMS I had the privilege of, of being asked by, uh, uh, by um, John Helfrich in 1999, along with the executive board of the IOMS to come in as an assistant executive director of the IOMS um, as, as the IOMS board of directors were moving with uh, new faces and younger people to be involved with the association. And the association was growing extremely fast at that point. Um, and it was, it was going from crawling to walking in a, in a rather quick manner. So that got me involved. In, and as I said, uh, from, an, from an official standpoint, going through committees and, and so forth in the IMS from 1999 on, I was what they would say hooked on as for life. And the experiences that I've had, the educational opportunities, uh, not just educating uh, people around the world, but being educated by them as well. And the people that I've known, uh, prior to this and during this time have helped me both uh, personally and professionally on so many levels. Great. <clears throat> Thank you, Dr. Olson. Dr. Nissen, it's, it's been, gosh, you, you mentioned about 12 years since, uh, since, since you were president of this organization. Um, as a global voice for our profession, how has the IOMS, in your opinion, grown in its role as conveyor of the world region's uh, during your presidency and since? Well, you know, we've grown from having, you know, a meeting every two years, the ICOMS, which is a fabulous meeting. That meeting has continued to grow and become more widespread and more, more well attended um, all the time with people from different countries. We've also branched out in our um, educational programs. We've founded the fellowship programs, um, which we have three of those currently, two in um, oncology, microvascular reconstruction, one in cleft lip and palate 
um, and craniofacial surgery. And those have provided excellent opportunities for individuals. Uh, the Gift of Knowledge program is one that has takes programs where you actually take the experts and you go to countries and over a period of weeks provide educational opportunities where people who may not be able to travel outside of their countries, but you're able to bring the expert voices into them also. We also started the travel scholarships, which we have now some 40 institutions that individuals can apply for a travel scholarship and spend three to four weeks duration in a unit learning the techniques in that unit. And also, again, as Alexa said earlier, the cultural aspects of that. We also have expanded our um, ICOM scholars. We have individuals that come to the international meeting every two years, and we're expanding that program. It started with the American Association, Canadian Association, and we're hoping to expand that where all of the regional organizations will now provide scholarships for those individuals to come to that meeting, come together, network with the individuals that they look forward to and enjoy, and the textbooks they read, they can actually rub shoulders with those individuals going throughout. I think the important part of this has been the expansion of those educational programs, not only in scope, but also in the number of countries that we provide, not only membership, but also educational programs for. Great, great, great points you bring up, Larry. Uh, Alexis, uh, uh, instead of asking you the exact same question, and I want to kind of play a little bit on on what uh, Dr. Nissen was saying, uh, we all feel that education is key to the growth of, of our specialty. Uh, we probably saw that so much early on in the days of orthodontic surgery where we owned orthodontic surgery because of the educational and, and academic and research of many of our forefathers in that area, both within the United States and obviously internationally. Since education is the key to the growth of our specialty, how do you feel, Alexis, how has IOMS education impacted this growth? Well, I think for, for I think the best measure for this, the, the, the impact that the IOMS has had is just to look back, um, you know, going back to Larry's presidency and even before that, it's like pushing a big rock and it's, it's hard at the beginning, but it's starting to roll. And once it starts rolling, it's a lot easier to move it along. And I think in my presidency, um, I was a benefactor of all the hard grunting work that started out uh, trying to get this educational component rolling. I think what has made a big difference is, is, is the involvement of so many more regions now than we had before. Um, what was once, I think, um, uh, limited to certain uh, parts of continents is now become more truly more global. And I think the sophistication of the education has become so much more. The, the gravitas that the IOMS now carries internationally um, uh, provides a sounding base and an educational opportunity for, for specialists in their own countries. And I think that the legitimacy that comes along with that comes from the educational endeavors that Larry's pointed out um, uh, for the young people and, and, and anybody interested for that matter and to carry on their, their uh, professional careers. 
And as a result, I think COVID, for example, which is what hit right after my presidency, um, the IOMS has been able to, to modify themselves and still continue to provide, provide high level education uh, remotely when it was necessary. And now back into the, the old way of how we're doing as well, but it shows adaptability and the ability to reach out to a lot more people than we ever did before. And I think um, an example, uh, Gali, we were talking during my presidency was the expansion of the microvascular courses in, in Mexico, which, you know, 10 years prior to that would have not happened. And I think uh, the maturation in Latin America and in Mexico, for example, again, with the way their training has occurred and, and the outcomes have, have occurred with them, the improvements that they have and the level that they've achieved, uh, you can show with, the, with our current president, uh, Dr. Martinez. So all these things, I think, come together uh, where we reach every corner of the world. And I think as, as, as surgeons and as colleagues, there's a great amount of camaraderie that way. I think there's willingness to partake and participate and educate everybody. And I think that's what the IOMS is able to do. And Golly, let me, let me interject here. A thing that please, I think that, yeah, please, you know, I think part of this too has been the maturation of the association itself. Uh, previously we had an executive director for many years, um, was part-time, but did an exceptional job. Uh, Dr. Helfrich in what he helped bring this association through in its much younger years, because previously it was essentially a general secretary that kind of passed the box around every couple of years. So we had that. We had an executive secretary who was in the office full time with Dr. Helfrich coming in. And then we migrated to a full time executive director that we hired who hired a staff. We now have the executive director, a governance staff person, um, membership person, and communication person um, looking at all those areas. And we've been able to expand all those modules that we've been talking about because of this professional staff that we have who does an exceptional job. They work very hard. And I think we can't underestimate their assistance. And as Alexis said, pushing that rock up the hill. Right. Oh, those are all great points. I, I, I tell you, just, just myself looking, uh, I guess I've been coming up on six years or, or so uh, as a chair of the education committee. It's changed a lot. You know, it's changed a lot, the education. But uh, of all the organizations I've ever been associated with, I think the IOMS uh, uh, seems to you know, put aside a lot of the differences and and focus on edu educating the the students and the residents and the fellows. Uh, so it's been a great experience uh, for me, uh, and I know for you guys it, it has been as as well. Um, Larry, uh, considering where the specialty uh, was during your term as president, and this is sort of a kind of a global question. But considering where the specialty was uh, during your term as president some 12 years ago, how has it evolved to today? Well, I mean, I can look back when I was a resident. I mean, we were just starting the evolution of orthognathic surgery. Um, that progressed over time into cosmetic surgery. Um, it progressed also into the um, oncology and microvascular reconstruction surgery, which was mentioned earlier, the courses that we have. 
um, that whole process has been an evolution because the education has matured, the research has matured in our specialty that's allowed us to do the things that we, as originally as dentists, were able to move into the areas because we had the science behind us, we had the expertise behind us, and we were able to publish and let people understand that we were the experts in multiple areas that previously were never there. And it's really great to see this change and how this specialty has evolved as it's moved forward. And I think we all need to be proud of what all of us do as specialists and particularly where our specialty is and where it's going. Thank you. Thank you, Larry. And I know it hadn't been that long, Alexis, since since you were president of this organization. Um, but w- what comments do you have about where the specialty was during your term and and where do you think it is today? Or, or may, maybe even, uh, you know, kind of, kind of plays into the next question is where do you see the I- IOMS's position as a stakeholder of our specialty? Where do you see that playing into the future? Well, I think I think um, the, the since my presidency, obviously the COVID was a, a significant uh, change in how we uh, operated, uh, how we all operate. You know, not, I'm not talking just surgically wise, but how we operate as a, as a profession, and and the lifeline of which the IOMS has is the communication and the interaction with everybody around the world. I think uh, to just to to tag on to Larry's point with our association headquarters. And our staff is they've they've seamlessly been able to expand that involvement of what I've always personally always thought is a hard thing to do is to educate remotely or not in person, Um, uh, maybe because I'm a little bit older and so forth. And I look things in a different way, but they have been able to to really make the IMS continue to be relevant and also, I think, grow in relevancy, especially with the younger generation through this hardship that we've had the last two years. And as a result, that's that's added to the maturity of the association. I think it now becomes a bonus when we go back to, quote unquote, normal in the future or as we start now, that we have another weapon in our arsenal um, of how to reach out to people more. That maturation component, it's it works the systems work, the education ability is, is there. And so, so we don't have to go through a trial period trying to learn how to do this. And I think you can apply those non-in-person educational sessions with the ones that we have always provided with. And I think we'll be back uh, you know, more than ever before and make the, the robustness of the educational tools that the IOMS have, has at its disposition even better. And I think going forward, I think it's going to become even more important because I see education, especially in the developed countries uh, with volumes of patients, the restrictions that we have on patients and management, uh, becoming harder and harder to expose residents to the proper volume and the proper um, uh, spectrum of knowledge uh, that this becomes much, much more important, critical for the education of the residents. And I think it's been shown, you know, these last two years with COVID in terms of, of what people uh, are experienced, what they what they get as an experience and how they come out of the programs. So I think the IMS stands poised even more in its relevancy uh, to 
uh, residents and young tra- surgeons or even experienced surgeons around the world uh, that we stand in a good position to further ourselves. I think there's no question about that. I'm, I am on the outside looking in now, and I'm very excited about that. I think it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for the IMS to run with this ball. They've done well so far, and I think they're going to do even better. And I think it's it's going to affect uh, a lot of other countries that are not, you know, usual United States or or Germany, Great Britain, or you know, European nations necessarily. And I think that's going to bring the level of of uh, excellence of surgery uh, on par everywhere. Thank you, uh, Larry. What what role do you see this organization playing in the future of osteopathy? Well, you know, I see it as a as the facilitator of mutual respect and camaraderie and working together with other organizations, the regional associations, the national associations, in partnering with them to be able to help them um, gain the expertise and the individuals with expertise for that ongoing um, movement of knowledge from one place to another. And I think that's where we fit in. And, you know, we're not the overriding body by any means. I'm not trying to say that we, we are the overriding body, but we, I think, are the facilitator that works with other groups to work together. You know, they come to us, we need this. And we're able to look at other organizations that we are familiar with, say, okay, we can partner you with this and that. It's like our gift of knowledge program. Um, We kind of look at what needs are in in areas. And that program goes to places where we're in great need of OMS education. And we bring those individuals. We're basically training the trainers, if you will, as we are in our fellowship programs. So I think the facilitation as an organization is really the most important thing that we can do um, in global communication within our specialty and putting groups together. And, and Gali, if I can add, I just want to emphasize what Larry pointed out is, is what's been the strength also through these years, and I think continues to evolve, is, is those the local, national, and regional associations, because it's their, it's their willingness and their um, enthusiasm that helps fuel the IOMS, you know? And I think that that's, that's not only on a personal level with camaraderie and, uh, and you know, mutual professional respect and so forth, I think that carries on on national associations and, and regional associations as well. And I think that, that that's what makes this so special. And I think, you know, looking back, if I was a new resident finishing up my residency, Looking at this IOMS, there's no question again that I would join it in a heartbeat. And I think a while ago, excuse me, Gal, I think a while ago we were looked as the competitors. Okay, we're in competition with them. We're not in competition with these national regional associations. We're not in competition. We're partnering. We're a partner, and we want to become a partner with all of them to be able to move the specialty as a whole together. Well, I think those are great points. I, I was going to ask both of you, either one of you, uh, you know, oftentimes I see, you know, surgeons or just really any anyone uh, being very parochial and kind of like, okay, I'm going to stay in my office here and I'm going to, 
you know, uh, take out wisdom teeth and put in implants or do whatever. Uh, and I'm and I'm happy. I'm gonna stay right here. I might I might I might co- co- deal with my local dental society or my local medical society, but I'm not so concerned about what's happening. Uh, you know, anywhere anywhere else in the in the United States, yet alone anywhere else in the world. Well, both of you gentlemen, uh, you know, uh, have been been around all sorts of places in the world. What is it that made you guys say, just like you just said, Alexis, if you were a new resident coming out, a lot of them come out now and and they just go open up their shingle or join a group and then no one ever hears from them anymore. What was it about you guys or what was it about the specialty or what is it? that created that drive to want not only to make yourself better, but to go help other of our, of our peers in other countries. And, and, and again, it's a two way street. I don't, I don't mean to ask this question and say, we're going and, you know, bringing, you know, fire to the Indians, not necessarily. We're, we're learning. It's a collaborative exchange of information. What is it in y'all's lives that made you want to do that? Larry? Well, you know, and I think as I got involved with the International Association, um, I saw the differences in educational levels amongst countries. And, you know, everyone has their way of doing things. But I think that we, we see certain countries have, you know, certain expertise where other people are wanting that expertise. And I think the importance of bringing that along, and I can tell you having, you know, the, serving as a foundation chair, and I'm going to put my foundation hat on for a minute, um, I'm driven to improve all educational levels from the new practitioner to the mid-level to the late practitioner so that all of those individuals can gain some knowledge of some sorts in order to help them and help their patients, particularly to better care for people, to do a better job, um, have better outcomes, and look at the patient as someone that they're proud to treat, not just something that they go to work and perform a task. I think the, the that process and the improving educational level, you know, raising the bar for everyone is the most important in this whole thing. Dr. Olson. Well, I, I, I'm, I hope I don't sound discombobulated here because several thoughts come to mind about this. And I think one of the things is, is being fortunate and being fortunate to be in an environment where my, my educators uh, recognize the importance of learning things from other people outside. And that involved people outside my own institution and involve people outside of this country. And being exposed to that as a resident made a huge difference going forward and understanding that there's different ways of doing things, different ways of thinking things through. But at the end of the day, we still you know, get to this bottom line of taking care of the patient. I met people um, through Amos, because that was obviously my national organization, but they were not just Americans in the Amos organization. These were people who I then met again internationally 
And I was fortunate to meet them. And these were people who were willing to partake and give their time and, and efforts elsewhere as well. And that just sort of was part of the, the, uh, the, what affected my drive of wanting to do the same thing as well. And I think the big thing, you know, being in your own practice um, versus expanding or going outside of that, I think it's become harder and harder, although we are more easily in touch with anybody than ever before. I think the isolation is greater now than ever before. And I think it makes it harder, especially for us as surgeons to, to interact outside. We're so stuck in what we're trying to do on a day-to-day basis. I think the IOMS and what it's afforded, the friendships and the exchange, educational academic exchange is something that continues to give back year after year. And I think when, when residents, if I go back to when I joined as a fresh out of residency, the amount of, and I can only speak from, from the American side, the, the involvement of American residents and, for example, posters or thinking of going overseas to present anything was rather limited at best, if I can say that, and minimal. And look at it now. It's grown because you understand the importance of it. It's grown because you realize the exchange of information. And the same goes for other countries as well. I, I've witnessed through my years with the IOMS countries who were not involved at all, who are now part of and, and a big part of, of the educational exchange that occurs in the ICOMs and otherwise. And so that's what drives me. I think it, 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 I don't need that drive. I think it's easy enough to see all the benefits that come with that. And I think if people saw that and willing to give just a little bit of time to it, it's going to come back in a in, in huge amount of return. Fantastic. Uh, Larry and uh, uh, Alexis, uh, I want to thank you guys for, for your time and efforts and your dedication to this specialty and to the IOMS. Do you, do you have any uh, uh, closing uh, thoughts you'd like to make before I'm, I'm, I make a final comment? Well, I'd just like to say, you know, that, you know, I hope this program that we've gone through in the last, you know, 30, 45 minutes has provided some insight into how the association has progressed, um, where it hopefully is going. Um, And maybe if someone listens to this, hopefully they're spurred on to think that maybe that's something I want to do. And I hope people take that from this um, because that that's the goal of this to provide potential opportunity and insight into how can I become involved and what it means. Thank you. And, and I would, I would add that it's, it's um, it, it is, it is easy to do. It, it is, it's contagious on so many levels. And I think as, as a young resident, um, and what I've had over these years to come back, I, I could have never, as much as I've received, I could never have given as much. It is, it's been fantastic. So I, I really hope, to Larry's point, I hope people hear this out and, and they'll realize it's an easy thing to do. And it's, and it's going to pay off for years and years to come, emotionally and professionally. Well, With that, I'd say Dr. Larry Nissen and Dr. Alexis Olson, both distinguished past presidents of the International Association of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgeons, having served this specialty and this organization with distinction for for many, many years. I uh, 
love the stories and the history and the background and the knowledge and, and the insight. But as I've said before, uh, what I enjoyed most uh, during this past 45 minutes to an hour is uh, your dedication and your passion uh, for oral and maxillofacial surgery, as well as your passion for the International Association of Oral and Maxillofacial Surgeons. So I want to thank uh, both of you for uh, giving your precious time to this program so that our our uh, constituents and our stakeholders around the world can understand a little bit more about the specialty and what drives uh, the leaders of this specialty. Thank you very much. Thank you again for joining us today. Visit us online at www.iaoms.org to become a member of our vibrant global community and to access a variety of education and timely resources. Stay up to date on IAOMS by following us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast while you're here so you're the first to know when new episodes are released. Until next time.